Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to touch down uh, in Poland. In fact, she may just be touching down now. And, of course, the U.S. and Poland continue uh, important conversations. This is a high priority and a, a long list of things on Vice President Harris's agenda. Uh, what comes next in all of that, and how does this uh, combine with all the other efforts going on around Ukraine? And to help us break all of that down, uh, our colleague from ABC News, Inez de la Guterra, uh, actually joins us from Poland. Uh, thanks for taking some time for us. Hey, thanks for having me. So as the vice president touches down in Poland, uh, I think it's a pretty lengthy list she has in terms of things that need to get done. Uh, What do you anticipate? Where do you think the conversations will begin uh, with uh, her counterparts in Poland? Yeah, so we know, according to a senior administration official, that she will be uh, talking to Poland about kind of the situation with the MiG uh, fighter jets, the MiG-29 fighter jets that Poland initially offered to send to the U.S. And the idea was that then from the U.S., they would probably be handed over to Ukraine. The U.S. eventually did reject that proposal, saying that, uh, you know, one, they had been blindsided by Poland. They weren't expecting it. But but the reasoning they gave was, uh, when you know, in terms of rejecting that, that offer, uh, they feel that it would escalate the, the conflict, essentially, that it could prompt Putin to, to then retaliate and, and maybe strike a NATO ally. So they've rejected the proposal. They're going to be, you know, trying to discuss how they can provide more military assistance to Ukraine. Uh, Harris will also be looking to kind of emphasize solidarity with NATO allies. They're going to be talking about providing humanitarian support to Ukraine. Um, and, and you can expect her to, you know, of course, also condemn the war and, and, and Putin's aggression. Uh, we know that today the announcement, and we are waiting uh, for a Pentagon briefing to begin, uh, that there it was announced that there would be Patriot missiles going to Poland as part of a defensive deployment. Is that going to be part of the conversations today? I think that's going to be something certainly to, to watch. Uh, we haven't heard, you know, from from the vice president's office whether that's something that will come up. But uh, they are. We know for a fact they're going to be talking about how to provide Ukraine with with more uh, military assistance and how to, uh, you know, ensure that NATO stands strong and united in the face of, of this aggression and, and that NATO can, um, you know, deter Russia from from expanding this conflict. So that's going to be part of of, of uh, you know, her conversations for sure. We know, you know, the, part of the reasoning in, in sending U.S. troops to, to Poland was this idea to uh, reassure and deter, so reassure uh, NATO allies that the U.S. stands with them and deter Russia from uh, from from attacking a, a NATO country. There are concerns that if Putin isn't stopped in Ukraine, that he could turn his focus to places like um, you know, Moldova or the Baltics, countries that were once uh, once upon a time under Soviet influence um, that Putin may try to, to to expand into if he's not stopped in Ukraine. Yeah, I think that whole mission about reassure and deter, I, I think, is uh, is really the big uh, takeaway for the vice president in terms of her mission. Uh, again, a lot of those uh, NATO allies uh, that may have been a little spooked by the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I think, are looking to make sure, OK, 
United States, are you really with us? Do we can we really count on you? What does that look like? Uh, and then I think also along uh, a slightly different line is relating to the humanitarian effort. We know uh, so many of those uh, refugees are heading to Poland. Uh, anything you're you're watching for or looking at on that front? Yeah, so she will be. I mean, initially, this trip was meant to be her essentially thanking uh, Poland for taking in so many refugees and, you know, really taking them in with open arms. Um, so she will be meeting with Ukrainian refugees. She's also going to be meeting. Uh, so she's going to be meeting with the Polish prime, uh, president and the Polish prime minister. She's going to be meeting with uh, U.S. Uh, embassy staff who were in Kiev and had to, to flee and are now in Poland as well. She'll also be heading to Romania on Friday for additional meetings there. Um, but, yes, you can expect her to also talk about uh, humanitarian support, what the U.S. will do to support Poland and support these refugees. Um, that, I mean, it's impossible to ignore uh, here in Poland. They they, they truly are uh, everywhere and um, you know, at least where I am in, in, in a border town uh, close to the Ukrainian border. And it's um, a, a town that's, that's been really overwhelmed with, with refugees, but people have really gone above, above and beyond to, to welcome these people and, and care for them. Yeah. And, and from that unique perspective, uh, Inez, what is what is it that you're seeing and sensing there? You, you talk about the uh, the many on the streets as they come across that border. Uh, what else have you noticed or observed uh, as you're in that small town close to the to the border? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it was a train station where they were arriving, a train station where they were, you know, also getting back on trains to go to other parts of Poland, other parts of Europe. Um, I was at a refugee center where uh, volunteers were trying to help these, these people who just made their, their first steps into Poland and were being offered, you know, warm meals, a place to rest. Some of them have been on these long, harrowing journey. Um, but the thing that really struck me is, is, is the volunteers. Um, so, you know, all these people who've come out, uh, who are who are coming out to these refugee centers, for for instance, and just showing up with signs, offering up rooms in their homes. I met one man who was a, a hotel owner who had shut down his hotel and was only taking in uh, refugees, and he was saying he's going to continue doing that uh, for, for as long as necessary because he just wants to help um, people offering rides. So people coming from all over Europe. I met a, a father and his son who were driving to France and were looking, you know, were offering up four spaces in their truck to, to bring refugees to France. So um, I think that's that's really something uh, the the you know what people what what individual citizens are, are doing to help these refugees. Uh, I love that, and it is that uh, that social capital that amazingly gets uh, manufactured sometimes rather quickly uh, when we see a need. Those volunteers, uh, that's that's inspiring stuff, and, and things that we all should be thinking about. Finally, before I let you go, uh, this obviously is a. Uh, a high-profile uh, trip for the vice president, uh, an important one uh, in being on the world stage. Is there anything else that you're paying attention to or watching uh, as she is uh, there in Poland, Romania, and some other places uh, over the next few days? Well, I'm curious to see what they do with these with these refugees and how, you know, specifically what, what the U.S. can offer, uh, you know, and, and whether the U.S. is going to offer to maybe take in or facilitate a transport for, for Ukrainian refugees to head over to the U.S., how that's going to work. Because, you know, as we talk about these, these volunteers and, and the Polish people who really welcome these people with open arms, uh, the concern is that should the numbers keep climbing and they're expecting 
numbers to, to possibly double. We're at 2 million refugees who have now crossed the border. They're expecting that number could, could go to as high as 4 million refugees crossing the border. If that happens, these border towns and, and Poland in general it really is going to be overwhelmed. Um, and, and I know officials are trying really hard to avoid having to set up refugee camps. Um, but if those numbers keep climbing, that, that may have to be a, a, a you know, could, could become a, a reality. So I'm curious to see what she has to say when it comes to that about next steps for, for the this flow of people that's going to continue as the war continues. Uh, and as De La Catera from ABC News uh, reporting for us uh, live today from Poland, uh, thanks so much uh, for your perspective. Great insight today on where we are and, and what comes next. Thanks for having me. So some really fascinating insight there. Again, she's at a, a small border town uh, in Poland, and it, it was striking to me to to listen uh, to Inez talk about just the volunteers, the people who are just showing up, showing up with signs saying, you can stay at our house, you can sleep here, we have food. Uh, that That is the component to humanity that I actually believe Vladimir Putin fears the most. Because when you actually have that kind of civil society where people just do things, not because the government makes them do them or not because there's some tax if you don't do it, but you do it because you're human. And that connection and that kind of inspiration, uh, you cannot manufacture. I don't care how many trillions of dollars you have to spend as a government. That person-to-person, individual connection and those inherent desires we have to alleviate suffering, to lift a fellow traveler, to help somebody in need. Uh, That's why I continue to have great hope for all of us here in the United States, as broken as so many other things are in our country. Uh, We still have the social capital. We still have community and neighborhoods. And we have people who recognize I may not be able to do everything. I may not be able to take on Vladimir Putin. I may not be able to stop inflation. I may not be able to lower gas prices. But you know what? I can help my neighbor today. I can reach out to somebody who's struggling today. I can help somebody who's on the street today or dealing with addiction today or someone who's depressed or discouraged or filled with anxiety today. And as long as we have people on this planet that will do that, it's going to be okay. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we will go to the swamp to Washington, D.C. Congress is about to pass a very big $1.5 trillion spending. What does it actually mean to you? Coming up next. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.